Welcome to the First Down Podcast. That was 30, 35, 40, still on the speed at a first down. Highly improbable. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 10 of the First Down Podcast. Today we have a great episode lined up for us today. We're going to be going into NFL games, the WTF stat of the week, the new QB stretch that might be on the trend, the playoff seeding, the crazy Cardinals Hail Mary, Drew Brees and Nick Foles injury, and how they're going to be lined up going into the next few weeks, and then talk about new content. All of this on today's episode of the First Down Podcast. Okay, first, let's go back into this week and see the games I got right and the games I got wrong. Starting off with the Colts and the Titans, I said the Titans were going to barely beat out the Colts, and man, was I wrong about that. By uh, 20 points or something, or no, it was 17 points they won by. In the first half, it was looking pretty good, You and then uh, I think if you saw that one Instagram post, uh, snapshot of the game of Ryan Tannehill on the ground after a sack looking... Well, it looks like you're doing pretty good in this game, and, at the, and that was about at halftime. And at the end of the game, they had about they had a picture of him on the ground and looking up and going, man, what happened in this game? Well, can I go back to that situation? So I, I did believe the Titans were going to win that game, and Colts showed how good their defense was, especially against the run. It was mighty impressive showing how good they could just totally dominate Derrick Henry. And... They really shut him down. So I'm, I'm, this is a really, really good game for the Colts. Going into this next week with the Packers, I am going to be intrigued on how good this team can be against uh, good offensive opponents. I know they're really good defensively, but can their offense step up and make the next play against an offensive team? Can they stay in matchups like that? That's the question if they're going to be a playoff team. If they can't do that against the Packers, I don't know what they are as a team. Next up, I got this game correct. I said the Texans were going to lose by three to the Browns, and that's exactly what happened. I didn't think it was going to be this much of a of a, of a small game. It was a 10-7 to Browns uh, over the Texans, but I did believe they were going to win the game by three. I was just a little confused when I saw the vortex that was in Cleveland at the time. It was windy there, and windy is an understatement how windy it was. It was a vortex inside of that stadium. I'm surprised they even got a field goal in that game. And the extra points was amazing. I, the, the, for all those games, I was amazed that they were making field goals, especially for the Sunday Night Football game with Baltimore and New England. I was surprised they could get anything off there. Uh, next up, I had the Lions, or, uh, Lions beating the Washington football team. I thought the Lions are a really underappreciated team, especially sense of how good their quarterback is. I think Matt Stafford is really undervalued in this league right now, especially for how good he's been playing in this year. If he was on a good team, I think he'd be one of the better quarterbacks in the league, but unfortunately, he's on the Detroit Lions, so he's never going to get that credit. But against the Washington football team, he got to very, very closely outduel Alex Smith, and he came out with a win that game. For the upset of the week, I had the Panthers beating the Buccaneers. And I, I don't think the score really tells the story for this game. Uh, the Buccaneers beat them 46-23, but until the end of the third quarter, they were really in this game. And then right at the end, they kind of gave up and got the garbage time points for Tom Brady to make it look like they absolutely destroyed the Panthers. But for a lot of that game, they the Panthers were winning in that game. And then, they, and then it was tied, and then slowly the Buccaneers just started crushing them, so... Uh, I'm, I'm not really surprised this happened, but 
I wish it was not as much of this horse so it didn't look as bad for me saying the Panthers going to win. The Panthers really need to step up their game if they want to be going and trying to get into the playoffs here. I mean, the, the playoffs are wide open right now in the AFC, but in the NFC, it's pretty hard. I mean, they're 3-7 and seven right now. You'd pretty much have to win out the rest of your games without Christian McCaffrey. I'm not really sure what they can do. So um, I'm, my guess is they're not making the playoffs anymore, and they're kind of in the situation the Packers are in, or not the Packers, but the Vikings are in right now. The Vikings finally finding a way to win, but it's too late. That's the situation the Vikings are in right now. They've been winning games, cannot figure out how to win early. Now they figured out that just handing the ball off to Alvin Cook works, and now they've been winning every single game. I believe that if with Christian McCaffrey, I think that's that was what their formula was. Without Christian McCaffrey, they've just not been able to do much of anything, only Teddy Bridgewater. They've, you've seen Curtis Samuel been used quite a bit on this offense, especially rushing the ball, which is bizarre for a wide receiver, but it really shows that uh, it's a very young offense with a very young coaching mind that's very, very good. So I, I believe that if they had Christian McCaffrey, instead of 7-3, and three, or 3-7, and seven, they'd be 7-3 and three right now. Or they have a really good schedule. I think they'd be in the playoff one. But since Christian McCaffrey has only played three games, I don't think that he's been – I don't think they're going to be – they're not going to be very good for the games that he's done in for the rest of the year. If he gets added back to this lineup and he actually plays a few games the rest of the season, then I'd say he'd be able to maybe sneak out to a – maybe six and ten game six and ten season here going three and three for the rest of the games but at this point in the season it's it's over for him unfortunately for uh for the rest of the games here if we look i had the eagles barely beating the giants because i thought the eagles were actually a good team but then the giants really showed me that they're actually way better than everyone thinks they are. And I, the weird thing enough is I think the Giants are a very good defensive team, and they've showed that, showed that, but I'm not sure if they're a good offensive team this year. And I believe they're, they with Christian with uh, Saquon Barkley, with him playing and their offense not doing much of anything, I believe they weren't going to be able to even get close to winning three or four games the rest of the year. But even without Saquon Barkley, they looked like they were playing at a extremely high level. I think they really found out what their formula was, and that's spreading the ball around. They have Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate. They have Darius Slade, Evan Ingram. They have so many weapons on this team that they were able to spread the ball around. And having that many wide receivers on your team to spread the ball around will open up a running game, with even without an offensive line. That's why Wayne Gallman has been effectively running this football, even though he's not the best running back. So I, I think now that the Giants are actually getting close to making uh, a leap to the top of the division, I think they could even win a playoff game at this point. Uh, this is one of those teams that it's like the Vikings. The Vikings are in this division right now. They've been making the playoffs. They, they figured out how to win. And, and luckily enough for them, they're in the worst division in football history, so they could be making the playoffs even though they're 3-7. and seven. They figured out how to win, and I believe they're going to be able to stay figuring out how to win for the rest of the year and figure out how to make the playoffs here. I mean, you're only one game behind. Philadelphia is 3-5-1. and one. You're 3-7. and seven. You win one more game, and Philadelphia loses one more game. Uh, you're at the top of the division. That's that's how simple it is. And with Daniel Jones able to rush, with his ability to rush this football, I think they have a chance to make a playoff on here. Next up, we have the Jaguars and the Packers. This is a game that really, really scared me uh, if you're the Packers right now. You, you barely beat out uh, J the Jaguars without even 
Gardner Minshew, you know, with Jake Lutton as the quarterback, you almost got beat. If he would have gotten one play at the end there uh, without the, with that defense stopping him, uh, they could have won the game. They could have won the game, again, as a 1-7 team. It was not one since the first week of the season. They could have beat the 7-3 and Packers. That's a very scary thought to have as a Packer fan. Or, sorry, 7-2. and two. That's a very scary thought to have, that if a team like this can barely beat you, how are you going to match up next week against the Colts? How are you going to match up against a good defense here? If that defense was beating you, how is an off- defense going to beat you like like one of these teams? Uh, how are you going to be, be able to get into the playoffs and play the Buccaneers again? How are you going to be going into the playoffs and playing another team, making the Super Bowl and playing a team like the Rams in the playoffs, or even getting Super Bowl and playing the Steelers? How are you supposed to play against the Saints again? How are you supposed to play these defenses if you can't beat the Jaguars defense? This is a question that we're going to be able to see next week against the Colts. This is a very big game for both teams, I think offensively for the Colts, and then defensive, or uh, offensively for, for the Packers as well, actually, and defensively for the, I think, for both teams, because I think the defense is going to have to show up and for the Colts and say, hey, we're still this good defense, even though not everyone's been talking about us. I think the Packers have a have good weapons on defense, but just have have not been able to show for it with a extremely bad rush defense and inability to tackle at all. So, I mean, if the game to watch at three o'clock next week is definitely the Colts Packers game, if you're asking me. Uh, next up, we have maybe the most fun game that we got to watch: uh, the Bills and the Cardinals game. This I'm gonna be talking. I'm not gonna talk about the Hail Mary right now because I'm gonna be talking that about that a little later today. But this was a great game on both sides. You got to see Stephon Diggs really get into his own. Um, again, he kind of dwindled off since the first few weeks of the season uh, as they spread a the ball around a little bit more. But he really showed that he's a top five wide receiver, not maybe top five, but top ten wide receiver, uh, maybe top five in the AFC. But he was just playing incredible football. And so was Josh Allen. Josh Allen was throwing himself back into the MVP race before Kyler Murray absolutely killed the dream of being in the MVP race when he took that spot. Uh, next up, we had the Dolphins and the Chargers. This is a very interesting thing because I, I did say, oh, by the way, I did mention the Packers in the Cardinals one. So I got I got those two right. Chargers, Dolphins. I said that it was going to be a close game. But the Chargers were going to choke at the end, and the Dolphins were going to win. I was kind of right about that, eight-point game. Uh, the Dolphins really showed that they are who they think they are. Even with Tua Tengvaloa, not a seasoned veteran, they've been playing at a high level, beating good teams. And with the and with it, them beating a team like the Chargers, it really shows, hey, we're, we're, we're in the playoffs here. We could maybe even win the division right now with the Bills. I, t- I think I talked a little bit about this last week. With the Bills at seven and three, and then you're looking at with the Dolphins sitting at six and three. I mean, you're just one game away. You could just one of these games that you could just stutter in, and you're at the top of the division right now. That's that's how you that's how you're sitting, and that's how it's gonna be. Uh, right now, you're in a wild card spot. I'll be talking about the playoffs a little bit more later in this episode, so I'm not gonna get too much into that. But I do think the Dolphins could are showing in this game how good they actually are, especially against opponents like the Chargers with a very good defense. Next up, not much to say about this one. Raiders absolutely demolishing the Broncos. Broncos showing that their offense has not been able to do anything. They added so many weapons. A first-round pick and Jerry Judy have uh, so many weapons 
off uh, as at the running back position, they have a Noah Fant from the better wide or better tight ends that's going to be in the future. And you're just thinking to yourself, what happened this year? Why why are we not the team that we thought we were going to be? I had high hopes for this team. I thought Drew Locker was going to come into his own this year, and they just have not been able to do that. What is there going to be the defining factor to fix this team? And I think a lot of the a lot of the factors are offensively, and a lot of the factors are defensively. They just need all around help. And if they can, if that can happen, then I think they're going to be a good football team next year, especially with the return of Von Miller. I think they'll be a really good team. This next game is a true test of defensive football: the Seahawks and the Rams. The, the Rams played amazingly defensively and shutting down DK Metcalf and Jalen Ramsey in that matchup. That was a fun matchup to watch. Even though DK Metcalf is on my fantasy team, it really hurt to watch that. But seeing Jalen Ramsey absolutely shut him down was maybe one of the most fun things we got to see this season. Uh, Seahawks' defense is continued to show me that they're not going to be able to make a uh, playoff run here because our defense might win championships. So, I mean, if defense are winning championships here, they're not winning jack squat with that. Next up, we got a game that I kind of assume is going to happen. We have the Steelers and the Bengals. Uh, by the way, I said the Seahawks were going to win that game, and they did, or they and they lost, so it's a, that's unfortunate. Uh, Steelers and Bengals. Steelers defensively played amazing. Offensively, they struggled. T. Higgins, even even with this going on, T. Higgins still popped off, which is amazing to me how well he's playing, even though that. The uh, even though AJ Green is on that team, and even though Tyler Boyd's on the team, he still has been playing amazing, amazingly, and that's uh, that's a great thing to see. Uh, but defensively, the Steelers have shown they're the best team in the league right now. Steelers, uh, with all those weapons, have just showed me time and time again now this year that they even even though they were even though they played against Cowboys badly, I mean this is the thing about the about Super Bowl champions is most of the time. There's not a six. There's there's no sixteen and zero teams making the Super Bowl and winning everything. They have to have some adversary adverse adversity when they're playing. Sorry, they need some adversity when they're going into this regular season. So you know, in a situation where you're down, the team can come up, and that's what I think the good that what came out of that what came good out of that Cowboys game. And I think now after that, I think it's gonna be smooth sailing pretty much the rest of the season. I believe they're gonna lose at least one more game this year, especially with their schedule. I mean, they still have to play a few teams here for the rest of the year. I mean, next next week you see them playing the Jaguars. They're gonna win that game, but then they're gonna be playing uh, the Ravens. They might lose that game, and then and then after the Washington Football Team, they have the Bills, and then later that year they have the Colts and the Browns. I mean, you could see them lose uh, at least one of those games. Maybe not three of them, but at least one or two of them. So I think 14-2 and two is a reasonable schedule to see them having. I chose that game correctly. Next up, we have the Saints and the 49ers. The 49ers are pretty much a practice squad team at this point, so they're pretty much a joke. Saints beat them, even though Drew Brees got injured and Jameis Winston had to finish off the game for him. I mean, the Saints are going to be looking at a really good football team when Drew Brees comes back. So hopefully Jameis Winston can pull up a few wins here. Um, if that happens, I think this is one of the better teams going into the playoffs, hopefully winning Drew Brees one last ring. Uh, the Sunday Night Football game, a very entertaining game to watch, not because of the of who was playing, but because of the weather. It was just an entertaining thing that happened. The, the weather in Cleveland moved over to the Patriots uh, facility and absolutely destroyed them. 
uh, letting them win a 23-17 to win over the Ravens. I think the Ravens are kind of overhyped since they were last year. I think no one's really been able to watch them. They have not had a lot of primetime games, and as soon as they're on primetime, you get to see this. Um, they have not had the same stats they had last year. They have not been able to win games like they were last year. Lamar Jackson isn't who he was last year, and I think this team is just not who they were last year. So, I mean, this is this is going to be a team that's still playing for the playoffs, but maybe a wild card team. They're not going to be going and winning the division at this point. At this point, um, with their record at six and three, I do I do not see them getting much of anything left uh, to to make the to make a Super Bowl run. I mean, you need you need two things to happen. You needed the Colts to win against uh against the Steelers and you need the Browns to win against the Steelers and if you if you genuinely think both those things are going to happen um you're, you're delusional so it, it's not happening uh, next up we had the Vikings Bears the Vikings this is the craziest thing about 2020 out of everything I mean we had we've had coronavirus we've had uh we've had riots we've had everything we've but the craziest thing out of all of that in 2020 is the fact that Kirk Cousins won a won a game on Monday Night Football that it's it's incredible. I didn't I didn't think people to do it, and here he is, winning a nineteen to thirteen game against the Bears. Now the Bears. This is the thing about the Bears. They're the imposters of the playoff teams here. I mean, they might be in the playoff seating, but this is the worst playoff team. This is the worst offense on a playoff team in thirty five years. I forget where I get that stat. I believe it's from Pro Football Focus, but it's a stat nonetheless. It, it's it's very fun to watch. See watch them look like the playoff team and then have either Nick Foles or Mitch Trubisky go out there and score 13 points in a full game against the Vikings defense. The Vikings have one of the worst defenses in football. They got rid of their best player and then they got and all of their corners are rookies. I mean, you should put up at least 20 points. The Vikings put up 19 points. This is a game with multiple turnovers. You should be able to win. And it's the most deceiving part about this, about the Bears uh, score is how many uh, they had a fumble at the beginning of the game. They had Cortland's or uh, Cordero Patterson go and run one for a touchdown. So your offense basically scored six points the entire night. And as a Bears fan, you had to be scared looking at this. I mean, come on, you you were literally going into a going into the playoffs this year against so many good offenses, and even in your division, going and playing the Packers after the bye week, you 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 have no chance of winning a Super Bowl ring if your offense can't take off. Matt Nagy has looked worse and worse since the beginning of his the beginning of his career. In the first year, he looked like he was one of the maybe the greatest coaches that's ever going to live, and now here he is, absolutely sucking it up. So if he can come back to what he was two years ago, and when they were thirteen and three, then I think great. Then I think they're one of the better teams in the playoffs. But right now, what I've seen on their offense, they are absolutely sucking right now. Now for the WTF stat of the day. So the longest field goal at Heinz Field, that's where the Steelers play in Pittsburgh, including playoffs, including college, including NFL uh, regular season and preseason games, the longest field goal to ever happen there is 55 yards. Now, 55 yards seems like a long field goal to a lot of people, but you got to think about it in this way. 55 yards is a pretty long field goal for most stadiums in most places. I mean, you're, you're talking about 55 yards. You know, you're not saying, um, can he make it? I'm not sure. That's maybe five more yards than that. Can he make it? Uh, well, even with Chris Boswell right now, 
there, I'm surprised that he's never made a 55-yard field goal, 56-yard field goal. It that impresses me. Um, most of this, I believe, is because the stadium, like Cleveland, is on a lake. It's pretty much just, if you look uh, at a big picture of the Pittsburgh field, you can just see that it's just basically on a lake. It's kind of entertaining um, seeing how close it is. So when you're on a lake like that, no matter what, you're going to get some wind. So the wind has always been bad in Pittsburgh, but this is just adding to the fact. Okay, so now we're going to be looking at the playoffs, pick the playoff picture, and what's going to be going on with that. So right now we're going to be first going into the AFC and then going into the NFC. So right now at the first, so this year actually it's it's kind of different. There's three uh, playoffs. There's three wild card teams in each division. So which means that only one team is going to be able to have a first round bye. So right now in the first round bye, the Pittsburgh Steelers nine and zero still have not been beat. Let's see if the Baltimore Ravens can beat them next week. They have the first round bye, and then after that, the Baltimore Ravens and the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be playing uh, as if if this this is if it this is as if the playoffs are next week. I want to make that very clear. Uh, Baltimore Ravens six and three in the seventh seed, and then uh, Kansas City right now at the two seed with eight and one, only one loss to the to the Raiders. Um, it really shows how good this this team is, and. Even though they had some problems against the Chargers and a few other teams, they've been playing pretty much perfectly. It's kind of entertaining how good they've been playing. So right now, uh, Baltimore Ravens as a playoff, as a wild card playoff team. Then next up, the Buffalo Bills winning their division in at the three seed, seven and three, are going to be playing a six and three Miami Dolphins team. Uh, that's the number three wild card team. Uh, that that division will pretty much be decided on. And in the next few games here, whenever they play next, but then after that, if if everything pretty much goes the same way it's going right now, you'll be seeing these two teams playing each other in the playoffs in the first week. And next week, next and for the next one, we have the Indianapolis Colts at the four seed, winning their division, and then playing against the Las Vegas Raiders, who are not winning their division. Las Vegas. Uh, in the division with Kansas City, so they're not going to be winning their division, obviously. Even though they won a game against them, uh, you'll be seeing them play against Indianapolis Colts at the 4-5 and five seed. Uh, going into the NFC, the person with the first run by right now of the Green Bay Packers, even though they lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they are still the number one seed. Uh, that's because of their division they're in right now. Right now, uh, after that, the New Orleans Saints at 7-2. and two. This is after the uh, Arizona Cardinals game of the Thursday Night Football game. Just so everyone's clear, I did see that game. And the Seahawks barely beat Arizona, even though there's a pass interference call. Larry Fitzgerald in the end zone. It was pretty entertaining to watch, nevertheless. Uh, I saw a tweet after the game there saying, Kyle DeMurray looked... Looks like when he runs, he looks like a toddler trying to steal all of the candy. And I, I can't unsee it now. If that's what I see every single time he runs. I think it's hilarious. Anyway, so after that loss, Arizona, now 6-4 and four at the 7th seed, will be playing the New Orleans Saints, the 2nd seed. And that will be an entertaining game to watch. That will be in New Orleans. Uh, we'll see after the, shut, the second shutdown if we'll have fans by then. My guess is we're not going to, but uh, nevertheless, if that if it does come down to that, it'll be nice to see if they can um, have it, if home field advantage is going to be effective at all this year. 
Uh, then at the sixth seed and the three seed, we have the Seattle Seahawks and the LA Rams. This is an interesting spot here because uh, this is a t- this is the this is the NFC with four separate playoff teams. Um, the, the Arizona Cardinals, LA Rams, Seattle Seahawks, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, all four teams in the same division, and they're still seeming to all be looking at a playoff spot. So the LA Rams uh, at the sixth seed going to be playing at Seattle um, at the three seed. Um, with the 7-3 Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they'll be playing the worst football team in the playoffs in the history of ever in the Philadelphia Eagles, 3-5-1 and one at the four seed. So Tampa Bay will be going into it as an underdog in uh, in technical terms, but be the uh, looking at the person that's going to be winning that game. So that's the playoff seeding for those game for the uh, playoffs, as if the playoffs are happening tomorrow. Okay, so two quick things I wanted to talk about. I did see before the game, the Saints game, you saw Winston doing a stretch very similar to a stretch we saw Dak doing uh, last season or in late in the season, and then earlier this season. Uh, I can't. Unfortunately, the problem with this podcast is there's no video portion, so I can't show you exactly what happened. What happened? But if you look up the Winston and Dak Prescott stretches, it's it's very it's very weird. You had to see Zeke uh, last year or early this year, I forget, um, making fun of it, and when he was stretching at the beginning of the before the game. So I don't know, is this going to be a stretch? It's going to be happening more and more this season. Has it been effective? Dak Prescott was on pace to throw six thousand yards and sixty four touchdowns before he got injured. So is he going to be? Is, is this a stretch that more teams are going to be using? If Jameis Winston throws seven touchdowns in the next game, is he going to be the next... Or is this going to be the new stretch that every single quarterback is using? I guess we're going to see after this. Uh, so next up, I just want to talk about quickly the Nick Foles and Drew Brees injuries. Uh, Brees, with the lung injury, uh, looks like he'll be at least two weeks before he gets back. Um, most likely two weeks, and then there'll be talks about it. And then after that, it's going to be week by week. And then for Foles, it could, it could be actually not very that not bad. Um, it was looked pretty bad in that game, getting carted out the field with seconds left on the clock. But now it looks like he could be back after the bye week here to play the Packers. Next up, we have the crazy Cardinals hail Mary. Oh my goodness, was these was this one of the, maybe the greatest plays I've ever seen in the history of my life? And that's coming from Packers fan who's seen one maybe some of the greatest hail Marys of all time not only has this been was this play great because of the catch i mean you had three defenders on you and he still caught it and if you just looked in his eyes you knew he was gonna catch it his eyes showed it all the confidence level in his eyes said i'm i knew i was gonna catch this and i was gonna catch this no matter what no matter what was gonna happen i was catching this football and then not only was that great, but the but the throw was great. I mean, you're rolling out to your left. I mean, you're evading traffic. You're making one guy miss, and then just throwing on the run, 50 yards down the field, and making a pass so perfect that someone can catch it three on one. I I mean, you could not have made that play any more perfect. And I, I think I said it perfectly before the game. Uh, I said this is the play. This is the this is where legends are made in these moments. And Kyler Murray showed. That he was one of those legends, and now I'm gonna say, say it right now, he's in the MVP race. I don't care. He lost this game against the Seattle Seahawks. It looked like he was injured for most of the game with the heating pad on his, 
on his throwing shoulder for the entire game, but he he looked he looked good. He looked really good in that game, and he's looked really good this year. He played he's played much better than Lamar Jackson this year. So to put in perspective how good he is, you're you're putting him in conversation with Lamar Jackson. Uh, Lamar Jackson won the MVP race last year, and a lot of people are saying he's still in the MVPs, even though I don't even though I don't agree with that. Either he's still in the MVP race. So uh, next up we have to talk about my YouTube channel. My YouTube channel actually, I just uploaded a YouTube video on it called the WTF Plays of the Week, where I go into three separate plays every single week, talking about these are the craziest plays that happen every week. Uh, and the only really thing that you makes you go that I really makes him a candidate for this episode is making you go WTF? How the heck did that happen? So the three candidates for this week was both of two two of them were or one of them was the Cardinals Hale Murray, and then the other two were the were the plays in the Packers game where Miles Jack had the flop of the century, and the other one was Marquez Valdez Scantling not only juking out three separate defenders. But he needed to. The only reason he juked out those three defenders is because he had had a nice, helpful block from the ref. So that was also in that. So if you just want to like a lighthearted comedy two minute video about some of the funniest plays of the week, I mean, just go check that out on the First Down Podcast YouTube channel. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the First Down Podcast. If you want to come check me out on my Instagram and my Twitter, on my YouTube channel, it'd be greatly appreciated. Um, all those, all of this extra content on every single one of those pages. If you want to get some more content on those, anyway, thank you so much for listening. I'll see you guys in the next episode.